By the way, my name is Stan. For those that don't know or are new, I'm one of the pastors, one of the elders here. And as I look at the back, I see Bernie, whose birthday it is today. I know Spencer. I think it was Spencer's birthday as well. I think he, I heard somebody singing happy birthday to him today. Is he still here? Did I see him today? He was, eh? No. Anyway, and then Hannah Fasaki as well. Where's Hannah? Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Fasaki. Just uh, well done. Amazing. And uh, it's great to see people turning older as well, not just me. And uh, wonderful Hannah. Hannah, 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 and Bernie. The Spencer here. Did I hear him this morning? I was here early this morning while the band was practicing. I thought they were. Anyway, it's not. Uh... Actually, Bernie and Hannah, why don't, you, why don't you come up? Why don't you come up? Rather than sing happy birthday to you, I'm going to get Hilton, and I'm going to get Beverly to come and speak over you guys on your birthday. How's that? And for those that are thinking when it's your birthday, are they going to do this for me? No. <laughs> it's just a moment. We're allowed to just have moments that don't become precedents. And uh, let's do that. So, um, Bernie, just um, as you started walking down, I just got immediately just highlighted you, and I love your dress. Your dress is a prophetic statement, actually, of what your life demonstrates. And I've just seen you blossom and grow and flourish in this house, and it is the most beautiful picture, and it brings glory to God. And I just want to encourage you just to carry on. Just carry on, keep on, keep on walking with Jesus in your beautiful way. I love the way you and your husband have just invited families in here and their lives have been radically changed. And it's just about being who you are. You haven't changed. You haven't been anyone else but who God has created you to be. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Bless you. Stay there, Bernie. Hannah, I feel like the, I, I know you, your family is, is worship, but I, I feel like in this community... Between Justin and you, there's this pillar of worship that you carry that even with your presence being in meetings, you, you shift something, you, you, you add sustenance or something. So I want to just pray that, Father, over this next season, this woman is a gift to this community. She's a gift to so many. And I want to just thank you that you're taking her into a new space. It's a new season for her, Lord God, where she's stepping out beyond where she's been before. So we just thank you. We see that. We recognize it. We acknowledge it. And we bless it. In Jesus' name. Wonderful. Father, we thank you for these two ladies. Bless them, their families, their children on this, on this day. Father, I don't know why you stopped the whole meeting just to bless them on their birthdays. But, Father, you know. And you know what is significant to them and what they are facing and what they're moving through and what they're in and what they're going to be facing, Lord. So we bless them, give them strength, courage, and your presence in great dollops, Lord God, in your amazing name. Amen. Bless you guys. Bless you. <clears throat> Wonderful. I was in, uh, for those that, uh, I, had some, I had some feedback that, uh, I don't know who it was, somebody told me, that somebody else told them the reason that we were in Cape Town last week is because we were worried about UKZN and uh, moving Matt to Cape Town. Not true, not true, not at all true, 
nothing to do with it. The reason why we were in Cape Town was that we were invited to go and spend a weekend of ministry with Church on Main. Uh, it's led by uh, uh, Andrew and Fiona Thompson. Uh, they used to be elders in this church many years ago, planted 22 years ago, and they've got an amazing church in Weinberg uh, with their own building, and they've kind of just, they, God's doing amazing things there. And so we were invited to go in and minister, and we ministered. Boy, I think I preached six or seven times, just one after the other, going for it. But an amazing, amazing time. Really came back, came back. Um, you know when you're kind of exhausted, but satisfied exhausted, like something happened there. And uh, it really was an amazing time. And Andrew and Fiona and the team are doing such a great job. And they've seen God add to them. And they are, yeah, it's just incredible. And it's amazing. Just by somebody, and we were chatting to uh, Andrew and Fiona just off the, top of, off the topic a bit. And they said, you know what? They went to plant 22 years ago, and they said, listen, if we had to take the test now that there's all these tests around who should plant, they probably wouldn't have made it. Andrew is a teacher. He's kind of, he's, he, loves, he loves relating to the Bible um, a lot. He's theological, and his, his, his kind of, he's not the natural guy to be planting a church, gathering and all those sorts of things. But God has somehow put in him and them this tenacity to never give up. And he, he feels that the reason why they've done what they've done is not because they're particularly gifted at what they were called, but actually they just never gave up. And God is starting to do some wonderful things with them. And uh, taken 22 years, eh? 22 years, just plowing, just sowing, just, just allowing God, just speaking, just preaching, just caring. Um, and you see God doing these wonderful things. So that's where we were last week. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, when God speaks, you have to, you have to, you have to obey. And God spoke to them about planting. They went and planted, and they just never gave up. They just kept on trusting God. Amazing, yeah. Beautiful, man. So we're in a season of faith. I feel like I should be doing something else. Should I not be? Not, eh? I shouldn't be doing it. Just get on with it, stand and get off, sit down, let's go home. Okay. Okay, got you, got it. And um, so we're in a series of faith, which is kind of slowly but surely coming to an end. And I want to excite you and get your taste buds going a bit because we're going to transition into, the, into a series on the book of Acts in the next few weeks. Um, so if you want to start reading ahead and start reading about Acts and kind of all those sorts of things, it's going to be amazing. And uh, so we, we're kind of winding down over the ne next few weeks around, around the season of faith. Well, not the season of faith. The season is if we continue with faith, but our series of faith. And um, I want to look this morning, and I know Paul preached on... Moses um, in, in January, but something caught my eye when I was reading that text this week, or this morning actually, because um, I was going to do something else and I changed to this, but um, that I want to get to. So let, can you read, can you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, if you're there, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 23, and we're going to read to verse 20, the end of verse 29. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. 
after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. It's amazing in this text that I'm going to read. Notice how much fear comes up and how faith overcomes fear. Um, verse 24. By faith Moses now, but so it's by faith Moses' parents. Now by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. That's what caught my eye. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. My prayer this morning is that we're going to see him who's invisible. Because I think if we can see him who's invisible, it changes everything. If we can see what God is doing in these days and not be overwhelmed by News 24 and the news channels and all that's going on in this country and all that's going on in the world and all that's going on in America and all over the place, if we can see what he's doing and not what politicians are doing, it changes our view and our life and our choices and how we live life. It's, it's absolutely profound. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered, he endured, because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. See, Egyptians tried to do what the, by, 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 by courage and rage what the Egyptians and um, what the, the Israelites did by faith, and they were drowned, and these guys got through. You see, you can do the same thing. One is motivated by faith, and one is motivated by, by fear and rage and, and uh, all that goes on in our hearts, and you get a different outcome. And what we need to be doing in these days is we need to see Him who is invisible. Not see, we've got to see Him. Him. Jesus, the person. We've got to see Him. I actually was going to preach this morning on Hebrews chapter 12 about throwing off the things and we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And, and actually I thought, no, I want to do that next week. I want, to, I, want to, I want us to see him. In this faith series, actually you can have faith when you see him and you see what he's doing, but you've got to see him. And if you're not spending time with him and you're not giving your priority to him, you won't see him. In these days of all sorts of stuff happening in this nation, friends, the church needs to be seeing him, needs to be focused on him. If we're not, friends, we, exactly what's happening out there is going to happen in here. And God wants something different to be happening here because this is the prophetic community of the kingdom that goes ahead of the people of the nation because the people of God are in front. Because the presence of God is with us, but we've got to see him. And we can, live a, we can have a different community to what's out there. We can have a different economy to what's out there. We can live in a different, a different presence to what's out there because we see him. 
Jeepers, and I haven't even got to my notes yet, and I'm getting excited, Jenna. This is what it says in the message of that text I've just written. By an act of faith, that I've just read, sorry, written. Wish I did write that. Flip, that's awesome. <laughs> By an act of faith, Moses' parents hid him away for three months after his birth. They saw the child's beauty and they braved the king's decree. By faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people. Rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in Messiah's camp far greater than the Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. How's that language? You see, when we see him, we start to anticipate the payoff that's in eternity. You start to anticipate the payment, the payoff that's coming. That's not a payment now, it's a payment then. But if we start to live now, like we expect, like we're gonna get that then, our lives change and the world changes because it's by faith. By an act of faith, he turned to turned his heel on Egypt, indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no one can see and kept right on going, he didn't give up. By an act of faith, he kept the Passover feast and the sprinkled blood on each house so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch them. Amazing, hey, I loved Eugene Peterson's prose. Remember we're talking about faith and right at the very beginning in December, I think, or end of December, beginning of December, end of November, when we started this series, I preached on that faith is the, 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 the surety or the being sure of what, is not, uh, what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Verse 1 of chapter 11, faith is being sure, of what we, being sure of what we hope for. So the very essence of faith is that in the natural, with your naked eye, you, what's happening is not what you expect. So, it's, if, so he's trying to, and, and what he, uh, the writer of Hebrews is doing with these people is that he's trying to show them that under pressure they're getting persecuted for their faith. That because they're putting their faith in Jesus, they're getting persecuted. They're getting killed. They're getting their stuff confiscated. They're getting their homes ransacked. They're in this place. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. And so he's trying to say to them, listen, guys, what I want you to do is I want you to have this thing called faith, this ingredient in your walk with God called faith, where you become sure of what you hope for. And if you remember, or I'll remind you, Sure has, uh, the other translations say the substance or the foundation or the title deed or the guarantee of what is hoped for. Faith is that ingredient where you hold the title deed even though you haven't got the land yet or you haven't got the item yet or you haven't got the thing yet, but you've got the title deed, you've got the guarantee that it's coming. And so because you've got the guarantee, you hold on to it and even if it's going awry here, you keep pressing through. And then he talks about being certain of what you do not see, or evidence, having evidence of what you do not see. So somehow you've got this evidence, you, you can see what God's doing, because evidence is, is, is that kind of witness that actually says that, no, that is true. That's what the, that, that's what the, the witness, or the evidence that the witness gives on the, on the judge's stand. But us, us as believers, we've got to have this faith. We've got to have this, this surety, this guarantee, this title deed of what is hoped for and being certain of what we do not see. 
So the very nature of faith, living this life of, life of faith, is that we don't see in the natural, in the now, what the promise is that's coming. It's the very nature of it. And, God, and he's trying to get these guys to push through to that and say, actually, it's worth it. And he uses here the example of Moses' life to say, man, this is, this, this is look at Moses. And this is, I don't know if you, you thought this when I was reading it, when he says this in, in verse, uh, verse 26, he said, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking for his reward. Now, Moses did not know Christ. Christ came a lot later. But what he's doing, he's a good preacher, this guy, this typical preacher. He's taking Moses' life and he's saying, if Moses was alive now, he would have chosen Jesus. He's saying, if Moses was alive now, he would have regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ far greater than the treasures of Egypt. So he's using him as an example. He's saying, actually, if Moses was alive now, this is what he would have done. Put your hope in Jesus. Don't stop. Because there's something coming that you can't see now. But if you, don't, if you, if you lose your faith, if you shrink back now, you're not going to gain the great reward that's coming. And he's trying to encourage them to move forward. The first thing I want to do, just as I go through this text, is look at verse 23 says this, by faith Moses' parents. Verse 24 says, by faith Moses and then verse 29 says, by faith the people. And the title of my preach this morning is called The Cycle of Faith. The cycle. Parents, I need some parents up here. I need some parents up here. Dee and Andre, why don't you come here? You some parents. You can stand there. Take care, bro. Don't get worried. Don't worry, bro. Listen, I'm the one that should be scared of you, bro. Um, parents, I need Moses. I need Moses. Uh, Derek Watson. Derek Watson's old enough to be Moses. He's my mate. I can tune him. It's okay. He's not going to be offended. Relax, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There we go. And then I need some people. I could actually just call up the, the Hal clan. Actually, all of these people here just sitting here. Just come here. Just come and stand here. All of you, all of you, all of this, these three rows here, just come here. I just need these three rows, these people. These people, different families, different places. There we go. Taryn, Brandon. There we go. Cammy, very good. Okay, you guys must go a little bit towards Hilton there. A bit more there. And then Moses, you can stand there. And there we go. So, so what this is, the cycle of faith is this is that parents don't get scared and they make a decision by faith in the spite of the edict of the king that all firstborn must die. So they make a call and say, you know what? Even if we die, even if we die, I don't care, but my son's not dying. That's what these guys did. They made a call. It's the first generation. Friends, I tell you what, we have a moment now in your families. We have a moment now, this generation of South Africans, and I'm bringing it back to South Africa all the time, because friends, we're in trouble as a nation. I feel discouraged growingly. And I'm saying, God, it cannot be. We've got a better, a better hope in this nation than, than what's going on. 
So the reason why I'm saying this is if I'm feeling that, I know all of us are feeling like that because I'm just like all of us, I'm, just so you know. <laughs> a generation has to make a call and has to make a stand for God in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the threat, in the midst of the abuse, in the midst of all the cost. And when they do, when they do in faith, they preserve the baby. They preserve what's being born. They preserve what's coming. They preserve the generations to come. That's what these guys did. You can. I just want you guys to know. Hang on, wait. He's going to say something. I like this. Where's, my, where's that thing? That thing. <laughs> I never talk. There we go. I never, I never say anything, so please enjoy. <laughs> I took this good book from my wife right now, maybe 10 seconds before Stanley called me up, to quickly get on my phone to send to our firstborn, who's got struggles in the United Kingdom right now. And um, I was taking a picture, because I'm so technically challenged, technologically challenged, of Hebrews 11, the beginning of it, where exactly what Stan says, passing him that power by a simple photograph Ten seconds before a man of God calls me up to represent that, it can only be the king. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. He referred to me as the man of God. Let me tell you now, you all men and women of God, eh? please, please, if you only saw my heart and you saw my stuff, you'd know. Man of God, by the grace of God. <laughs> Just know that. But a generation has to make a stand. A generation has to make a stand in God to say, you know what? We see him. We see him. And the reason why I chose them is because I knew them before they saw him, before he saw him. By the grace of God, he had a wife that saw him first. His life was a mess, and he had two beautiful boys, but he saw him and changed everything. And I baptized him, and he then baptized his son years ago because he saw him. A generation has to pay a price for the sake of the newborns. We as parents pay the price so that our kids don't have to go through what we went through, and we teach our kids to see him. But friends, if we don't see him, they're not going to see him. It's very simple this morning. It's like, actually, it's got nothing to do with my notes right now. We're just going with the flow. Then what happens is Moses is born. They put him into a... They put him into a into a tarred basket, which is the same word that is used of the ark to save people. And they put Moses in that place and he grows up in Pharaoh's house. And then at some stage, he makes a whole bunch of decisions. He says no to privilege. He says no to prosperity. He says no to power. He says no to any want that he could possibly have. 
He says no to evil. He says no to sin. He says no to everything so that he can say yes to Jesus so that the people can cross over. But it starts, friends, but it starts, friends, with a generation, with some parents saying, yes, I will for Jesus. I see Jesus. I see his plans in his future. I see, I see something in him. I see him. Which then gives birth to a Moses who begins, who sees him also. Who sees him also. In fact, it says this in verse uh, 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused. You know what our problem is, friends, is that we're a church that's getting older, but not growing up. We've got to be a church that grows up in Him. Doesn't matter how old you are, if you can, you can have walked with God for 25 years. I've told this story before, and I, forgive me if you've heard it before. I was a young uh, engineering student on a, varsity, on, a, on a construction site. Fresh out of new university, I was absolutely clueless. I was studying maths and science and all things that don't help you at all when you're building a road. It was kind of the foundation. So I go on to site, and then there is Carl Luntman. Carl Luntman was a man who had a big truck, and he was special because he was the general foreman of the site. His, all the other buckies were just normal blue buckies. His bucky had lights on it. His, his bucky had stripes on it because he wanted everybody to know that he was a boss. And he said this amazing thing to me. He said, Stan, you know what? You can have 25 years experience or you can have one year's experience 25 times over. So you're not actually growing up. You're not growing. You're just reproducing 25 years every single time, the same year. Friends, we've got to be people that walk with God and grow. That year two is different to year one, and we're learning more things in year one and year two by the time we get to 25. So that by the time we get to year 25, we're seeing him better. We, we, we're understanding him better. We're understanding his ways better. We know his voice better. We know the scriptures better. And so we become a blessing to all those around us because we see him. See that? That's Moses. When he had grown up, but only when he had grown up, he refused. But imagine the legacy from parents that put that into him as a young ch child. To the point, imagine their prayer life when he was in Pharaoh's courts growing up. Part of the story is they actually end up hiring his mom in to be the wet nurse for Moses. And so she gets to look after him and instill some things in him. And then when he had grown up, he refused. But his refusal and the price that he pays, he grows up here in, 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 in the king's palace and then goes for 40 years and then goes to the desert for 40 years. And he chooses that. What that does, friends, it ends up in that verse and it says, and the people crossed over the Red Sea in victory. But friends, but friends, don't clap. Don't clap. It's not cool. It's not good. It's actually hard. Because we've got to be these people and we've got to be this guy if we want this result. 
That's the cycle of faith. If we want to see a generation, if we want to see a nation, if we want to see a young group of young people passionate for Jesus, dancing in your front and absolutely in abandon, they don't care what the rest of the generation thinks. Living purely and morally, where the grace of God is not just there to say, I'm going to pick you up because you fell sexually, but the grace of God is there to say, no, I'm going to help you walk purely as well. And their testimony will be that, not that. Because we get so used to this that we forget this. That God has got a grace. He enables you to refuse and to choose the grace of God does so that we can live differently. If we want this result and there's nobody throws troops under the water and, the, and us on the other side in victory in this nation, in your life, in your family, nobody, there's nobody that chooses, no, I want to be in Egypt. I want to be an Egyptian. Nobody does that. Friends, if we want to see a people cross over, we've got to live a life of faith, take some, rule, some, some learnings from Moses, and we've got to become the people that birth that next generation. Not complicated. Giving your life to Jesus always makes your life better, but it doesn't make it easier. Beautiful, guys. You can sit down. You can sit. I, I want to I put in your, in your minds and hearts, remember the cycle, parents, Moses, people. These people cross over because of the price that this person and these people paid. Because of the faith journey they found in God. These people find God. But look what it says there in verse 24. And I actually just want to pray for us. I almost feel like we're done. I just want to drop these three or four things in your minds and hearts. So you can say, well, what does it mean? What, what does Moses, well, this is what Moses did. So his parents paid the price. They were prepared to die for their kid. And God ends up taking his mom and putting her as the wet nurse for his boy. Amazing, eh? This guy, Moses, it said that he refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter. What's it? The son of Pharaoh's daughter, exactly. <laughs> Basically, he refused to be known as Pharaoh's son, yeah. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. How's your refused muscle doing? He chose rather to be ill-treated with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. You see, unless we see him, the immediate is more attractive than the ultimate. Unless we see him, our discernment that this is better now, I'll have five lollipops now, or one lollipop now, rather than five later, doesn't come into our reckoning unless we see him. Because you just eat here, we consume here, we just eat everything here, without thinking of generations, without thinking that actually in time to come, in time to come it won't just be me eating, it'll be the people eating. 
and the pleasures of sin for a short time. He refused, and then he chose. Friends, if we want to see a generation move into more of God, we've got to be refusing that and choosing Jesus. If we don't deliberately choose Jesus, if we haven't got the faith to choose Jesus, and friends, it cost him. He con- it continues in that, in that, in that um, text. It says, man, it, it costs him, cost him a lifestyle. It cost him promotion. It cost him prestige. Some commentators say that he, was, he, he potentially would be there next to the throne. He's kind of the, the, uh, Pharaoh's natural son would have been next to the throne. He would have been right there. You've all seen the movies. It's right there. He says no to that, to say yes to God's people and God's plans. Have you got faith to, review, to refuse the temporary or the immediate so that you can live in the ultimate and the permanent and the eternal? The next thing it says there, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. He regarded, he considered. And it says that he regarded or considered disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead at his reward. His eyes were fixed. More literal translations say his eyes were fixed on the better reward. Friend, our life of, friends, our life of faith, I wanna, I wanna say to you, married people, we've just done a marriage thing for four weeks. The, the immediate, let's get divorced. I can't stand you, you're an idiot. I will not forgive you. Friends, if we live in the immediate, that is not Christ-like, we're going to miss out on the ultimate. And the choice that we're making here as parents, as married people, is having effect on the Moses generation, which have an effect on the generations to come. Friends, it's very practical, this. It's not just about saying yes to Jesus and saying no to some other God. This is about saying no to yes to Jesus and Jesus' ways, which means that we've got to acknowledge and confess our stuff and get healed ourselves, but we've also got to forgive those that have hurt us. And if we don't forgive them, friends, the people are not going across. Your grandchildren are not going across. And I want to say to you, faith means we've got to live like Christ. Rather live, rather have faith to live in the disgrace of being a Jesus follower. Exactly. Rather live in the disgrace of being a Jesus follower and see the next generation thrive than live in the immediate of your emotions, of your feelings, of your thinking and not live for the next generation. And close it down, friends. It says there, Treasure because he looked ahead for his word. He was looking ahead. He fixed his eyes. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Have got to leave Egypt. 
and stop fearing what your friends say. Some of you have got to change friendship circles for a season. Friends, uh, uh, we're talking about, we're not talking about, we're talking about eternal matters. We're talking about your generational blessing that's awaiting you. Friends, some of us need to get out of some of the contexts and situations that we're in. Some of us, I would even go as far as to say this. Some of you need to resign your jobs because it's not the right place for you. And you need to be looking to God for something. Please don't do that flippantly. I'm speaking prophetically like, hear God. But friends, some of us need to change the friendship circles that we're in because it's, it's contaminating our, it's, we, we're not strong enough to overcome that yet. Some of us need to change the context we're in. We need to stop the conversations that we're having because if we don't, friends, we're not gonna be the Moses generation that sees the people cross. We're gonna be stuck in Egypt eating lentils and flipping onions and working 24-7 with a boss that wants more of you and gives you less. He left Egypt in spite of the king's anger, in spite of what people think, in spite of what the people are going to say, in spite of all the perceptions and criticism of our family and friends. Friends, this is the day for the church to do what God has called it to do, and it's going to take people of faith that are going to make some big calls for God. And then it says in verse 27 that he persevered. He left Egypt and he persevered because he saw him. Friends, the only way we get through this is you've got to see him. The only way we endure is to see him. How do we do this thing? How do we get through this difficult marriage? Or how do we get through this, this problems that our kids are going through and we, our hearts are breaking because they're breaking our hearts? We've got to see him, friends. Be Moses. Be Moses. Be Moses' parents. Be Moses. If you're, the, if, you're, if you're in the Moses' parents' stage, be them. If you're this stage, be this. Because, friends, the, 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 the beauty of what we're fighting for is a people. It's your generations. It's your children's children's children. And in this nation, it is the next generation that's coming that's going to be, that's not yet born, that we're now having to stand and say, no, we're going to stand, and we're going to pay our taxes, and we're going to do what we're called to do, and we're going to let people hear our voice, because actually, if we don't, the next generation's going to suffer. And we're going to forgive. We're going to forgive. And we're not going to see anybody from a worldly point of view. We're going to see them according to the image of God and the gold that's in them, that God put in them from the beginning of time. We're going to choose to see that and not all this other stuff. And we're going to call that out and we're going to say, I believe in you. You're an amazing person. I don't care what color you are, what language you talk, or what country you come from. God has made you in his image. We're going to be those people by faith. By faith. He persevered. He fixed his eyes on the heavenly, not on the earthly. Friends, more like a, a gift of the church is being raised because God wants us to see, see him. He needs us to know what he's doing because when there's more chaos here, we need to see the clarity of the kingdom and the, of heaven. And when we have clarity of what God's doing and what God's put planning, friends, we start to live differently here. We don't live according to this world. We live according to that heaven. 
He persevered because he saw him. And then it says there, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. It's the last thing we've got to have faith for. We've got to have faith to refuse. We've got to have faith to choose. We've got to have faith to consider this, the, 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 the immediate lesser than the ultimate. We've got to have faith to leave. And we've got, we've got to have faith to keep the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. You've got to have faith, friends, that even when your life is a mess and you're not making good choices, the blood covers you. You've got to have faith that actually when God speaks and when God puts something in bay, we obey. Put something in place, we obey. By faith he kept. Imagine if he hadn't. Imagine if he had thought, no, it's a figment of my imagination. We don't need to paint the posts with blood and eat the lamb. We don't need to do that. What would have happened? These people wouldn't have crossed over. And friends, this is a season of urgency around the decisions we're making, the faith that we're living. And faith that we're living is not just a belief system. It's how we live our lives, the choices we make. Refusing, choosing, considering, regarding, leaving, and keeping faith. Have you got faith to keep the blood central in your life? You never outgrow the blood. You never get more and mature enough where you don't need the blood of Jesus. Man, we walk by the blood of Jesus every day. I know. The grace of God covers me because of his price, not because of my good behavior and my performance. But you've got to have faith for that in this season. Because I can tell you right now, unless you live in that place where you're free in your, in your, in your lack and in your weakness and in your bad thinking, you're never, going to be, you're never going to be able to deal with the stuff that's inside your heart for us to move into the next season. For you to face the reality of your own life and your own heart and your own thinking, you've got to know that there's a gracious Father that sees that already and He's not cross with you. He wants to take it out of you. Friends, I tell you right now, there's racism in all of our hearts. This thing that black people can't be racist is an absolute lot of rubbish. When I look at my Bible, if you make judgments according to race, you're discriminating. And James speaks very strongly into that. All of us, friends, every single one of us have got a racism in our hearts and a prejudice in our hearts, and a discriminating factor in our hearts. I said it to one of our staff members this week. We were talking about somebody, and I referred to them as, yeah, that's their race, that's what they all do. I did it. Suddenly thought, sheepers, but got it. But if you can keep the Passover, keep the blood of the sprinkling of the lamb, Keep that blood in place. Man, we can, we can face that and say, God, please help me. Please, help, please cleanse me. Refusing faith, choosing faith, considering faith, leaving faith, and keeping faith. When we get to that place and we live our lives in that place, the cycle of faith starts to move forward. And then guess what happens is these people then have to make a choice as well. And in the story of the kingdom of God, in the story as it goes on, these people didn't choose well in the desert. 
But friends, is we've got a Holy Spirit that's with us that enables this group of people to again be Moses' parents and again be Moses's to the next generation. And so it goes on and on and on and on. It's not complicated what I'm saying this morning. But I feel like an urgency in God around this thing of faith and the lives and the choices we make. God is not, friends, it's not time for messing around in this season. And deal with your stuff. Deal with your pornography. Don't let pornography. Pornography is also faith. It's faith in seeing that and seeing that act will bring something to me that I can't get from anywhere else. See him, not see pornography. If we don't, we'll reap from this faith rather than that faith. And this faith, you reap a wife that gets insecure. From this faith, you reap kids that are born into something that's odd and weird and dysfunctional. The other way we see him, we see kids that are whole and a wife that's secure and a marriage that blossoms. Friends, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to be real. This is the season we're in. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. The refrain that that Brandon sang in worship was, you are worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Father, every call we make, every decision we make, cannot be out of a performance, a guilt, a shame, a forced, fearful, anxious call, Lord. We want to make decisions for you because we see you. Father, won't you open our eyes, Lord? Open our eyes to your beauty, to the splendor of your person, to the amazing grace that's in and through you. Father, let us see you, Lord God. Open our hearts, the eyes of our heart, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that your love would compel us, that vision of you, Lord God, splendid, awesome, mighty in power, would be our guiding thought and motive, Lord God. I pray married couples this morning, Lord God, would make a call. to live 1 Corinthians 13 out. Where love is kind and love is patient and has an ability to be offended but to never get offended. 
that love is never rude, that love never keeps a record of wrongs, that love never gives up and never fails and it always perseveres. I pray, Father, that you would, you would do something in our hearts as married couples, Lord. You'd do something in our hearts as parents, Lord God, that we would set in motion that we might never see, but our children's children's children will. Re, reinstitute the cycle of faith in our own lives, Lord God. Parents to children to people. Thank you, Lord. Heal our hearts, Lord. Clean our hands, Lord. I pray, Father, for a mass deliverance from pornography, Lord God. A mass, overwhelming, Spirit of God, conviction, compelling deliverance from the addiction of pornography, Lord would bring freedom to people, Lord. Right now, Lord, even those that are not standing. Freedom in Jesus' name from pornography. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you, Lord God. We want to see what you're doing, Lord. Help us to see what you're doing in your amazing name.